Welcome to Plum Deluxe Tea Time, the podcast where we put the kettle on, sit down with a hot beverage and have thoughtful conversations about what it means to create moments that matter. This podcast is brought to you by the Plum Deluxe Tea of the Month Club. For only $10 a month, you'll receive hand-blended teas and be part of a very supportive tea community. Visit plumdeluxe.com slash tea to learn more. Now here's your Tea Time host, Plum Deluxe founder and creator, Andy Hayes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Deluxers. Welcome to another great episode of Plum Deluxe Tea Time. Today we are talking about getting momentum and the difference between momentum and productivity. I don't know about you, but I would love to have more momentum in my life as opposed to having more productivity in my life. One sounds awesome and flowy and delicious and Productivity sounds hard and a lot of work. So I have an old friend here joining me to dive into this issue. Her name is Jody Womack, and Jody is a co-founder with her husband Jason of the membership community Get Momentum, and she's also the co-author of a recently published book also called Get Momentum, How to Start When You Are Stuck. Now, just because this sounds like businessy topics doesn't mean this work applies to all areas of your life. And in fact, on the Gap Momentum website, Jody and Jason say that their mission is to educate, inspire, and empower leaders who are already doing great work to do better in all of their life arenas. That applies to if you're a mother, if you drive a carpool, if you have a creative side hobby, if you want to just be a better human being, improve your health, improve your relationships, we're going to get you some momentum in all of those areas. And so Jody takes us through some of the concepts presented in their book about improving your life, you know, advancing your career. You know, I love that they say this, you know, momentum means you're doing more than simply getting things done. It's that feeling of satisfaction, the belief that you can achieve big goals and complete important projects that fulfill you both personally and professionally. And getting momentum is not just about tools, but it's the mindsets and skill sets. So we cover all of that in this interview. So, you know, you know, Jody and Jason are on the road all the time. They're giving these high power presentations. They're writing books. They're fit as a fiddle. And I asked them, you know, how do they do that? How do they get started in that? How do they go from zero to one? Which is like, I think the hardest step in my opinion. Jody takes us through the five stages of momentum. She talks to us about the 30-30 tool, which they use. It's something I use in my business actually, and I didn't know that. And we cover, you know, a lot about mentoring. Near the end, there's this fascinating conversation. Her background is applied psychology. And so she has this really interesting little nugget about rewarding behaviors and studies done with mammals about how we train ourselves and others into you know a specific behavior so i find that really fascinating and it's worth hanging through the interview to get to that section it's near the end and then of course i love jody when i ask her my signature question about making moments that matter she actually shares her list of some of the things that are important to her and so i really enjoyed that and i hope that you get a lot out of that there's some great resources, a couple of books, of course, um, Jody and Jason's book, some links to pages with resources mentioned, and some of the tools, you know, further explanations. 
as well as some blog archives on Plum Deluxe that you want to go and check out. So make sure that at the end of this episode, you head on over to plumdeluxe.com, click on blog slash podcast, and look for Jody's episode so you can get all of those links. So this is a longer one, folks. I'm going to get right into it. Please join me in welcoming Jody Womack from GetMomentum.com. Jody Womack, welcome to Plum Block Tea Time. It's so good to, uh, air quote, see you. I haven't seen you. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much. I love talking with you. I know, I know. It's been some time. We always managed to catch each other, but this year we didn't. And so this is a good opportunity for us to sync up. Yeah, catch up because you are just rocking it in the tea world. I love seeing all that you're creating and visually and your stories and now your podcast. You're just taking the world by storm. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I like taking the world by storm. You too. <laughs> you guys are, you You and Jason are on the road with your coffee chats and yeah. tea is welcome at coffee chats, folks. But, um, so I've been telling this I've been telling this story a lot. Jason's my husband, and we've been in business for 10 years together. And before that, we had worked at the same companies and schools doing different roles. So we've been hanging out 23 years. And a little bit more than 10 years ago, we said, let's build a life we really love and do the work we love and travel together and not have to be apart so much. And so this is coming up in December. It'll be year 10 for our company. And we just had this book come out together. And so, you know, we're manifesting all these things that we thought about over the years. And, yeah, it's just super excited to be able to share it. Wow. Well, what I love about your latest book, Get Momentum, is I feel like you, you too embody momentum. I mean, the fact that you guys do all of these high-powered presentations for this world-class selection of brands. You guys are so fit that it just embarrasses me when I see all these photos. You guys are just <laughs> awesome. And, and thank you for saying that you, what I heard, what I heard you say is two things. Is one, you really thought about what you wanted. And two, you set your intentions and then took the time to make it happen. I mean, 10 years is awesome, but I'm assuming that it wasn't all perfect from day one. You had to work right. to get there, right? And sometimes the easiest way to figure out what you do want is to really get super clear about what you don't want and what you won't and can't tolerate anymore. I was in a job where I was miserable and I wasn't being treated kindly or humanely. And I was basically crying in my car at lunchtime and having the Sunday night blues. And at some point I was telling Jason, it's like, I can't, I just can't keep it up. And he's like, get out. Let, you know, we can totally figure this out. And we took about six months to save up some, I quit. And then he, I did freelance work and I just felt this huge surge of energy. And then he took about six more months and we saved some money. We figured how long would it take us to save up enough money to be able to live very leanly, you know, pay mortgage and pay utilities and <laughs> eat at home and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we just had a lot of motivation to have a better quality of life. And we were willing to give up a salary and healthcare and, and 401k and nice, very, very nice, comfortable things, but it was slowly killing me. And he, my husband could see it. And I just, I'm so grateful and blessed to have that kind of support in my life. And, you know, we took this big risk of leaving 
right at, you know, 2008, 2007, 2008. So it wasn't a great time in the economy. But what we had was we had ourselves and our creativity and we were really good at talking to clients and just saying, what is it that you need? How can we fulfill a need that you have? And we're in the corporate training and coaching space. And Jason would literally call up and say, what kind of workshops are you putting on for your people and what holes do you have in your schedule and how can I help you fill those? And it sounds so outrageous, but it was really, you know, talking to people, finding out where they had a need and filling it. And I love small business and freelancers and people who just bootstrap because you get to be really creative. You get to try things immediately. There's no committees. There's no quorum that needs to be present. It's you know, a lot of our decisions were on our back patio with a glass of wine and it's like, yeah, let's try this. Let's let's go this way for a little while. And that's how all of our products and services and books and academy and all kinds of things came about as we asked people, we listened. Not everything works, but we just we've been really fortunate and really diligent and resilient and just keep keep going. Yeah, and that's why you try things. I mean I think there's such a mindset in our culture right now that if you have any creative passion, it should be turned into a business. But I would say, you know, you don't have to do that first. You can just try things. Like if you want to, you think you want to leave a job and do, you know, sell things on Etsy for, for a living instead. Cool. But like, just make stuff first and see what you, what you think, like show it yeah. to people, talk to people about it. I'm, I'm really practical that way. I am not, you know, leap and the net will appear. I'm like, let's knit the net. Let's <laughs> let's assemble a little bit of a net first and test waters, ask people for really critical feedback. That's one business tip I can absolutely give for folks is to let people know what kind of feedback you'd like because most people who are who you're comfortable enough to ask anyway, are you going to be friends or friendly with you? And they won't want to hurt your feelings. They won't tell you, oh, dear, this is the most god-awful, ugly thing I've ever seen. I would never pay for this. You know, and it seems so harsh, but that's the kind of feedback I want anyway. I want to know what's hard, what's confusing, what's not visually pleasing, you know, so that I can improve it. Because when people are nice and say, oh, it was great, good job, like that's just setting me up to fail. So, one of the things I've been getting really good at is asking people for the kind of feedback I want. And I actually just did this last week. I did a one sheet for the Get Momentum program. And a one sheet is basically what people say is, hey, I have to show my boss something. Could you send me a one sheet? And that means like they don't want to go through a 20-page website or a whole proposal that's 60 pages with you know an outline and summary. They want to know the essence of the thing. And I wrote it up. And then I sent it out to five people with instructions on the kind of feedback I would like. And I asked them first, could I, would you be willing to do this? That's the other thing, like asking permission before just assuming people have time and interest in giving feedback. And from each of the five people, they all came through with their own personal filter. You know, one person is visually just very dynamic and specialized, I should say. Like, so if anything that was ugly or not pleasing, she's like, oh, this needs to be up a half an inch and this needs to be a different color and this needs to be, this font needs to change so it matches this. You know, just an aesthetic that is so specific. I'm so grateful for it because I don't have that, that high touch, high 
sophistication mm-hmm. of, and it takes years of study and some people just have it naturally. And then I had other people that were like grammar and commas and, you know, this sentence doesn't mean anything. And it was so great to have all these different perspectives really give constructive, helpful feedback. And it made the, the process go so much faster because I don't know about you, Andy, but like once you read your own copy, you know, your own words enough times, none of it means anything. You can't see it for what it is. You know, you have an image in your head of what it means. Yeah. And it, yeah. it takes that outside eye to say, this could be more compelling. This needs to be more dynamic. Why don't you tell a story here to illustrate your point? You know, so that's been really helpful for us. Yeah, that's how I started the Plum Deluxe Tea Club. We, our first month was July, I think three, four years ago now. Yeah, we did a free, we did a month for free. We did everything, you know, like it was going to be real. But the people that got the, the box were people who asked, who we, who said, who volunteered to say, I'll, I'll take a box and I'll give feedback. Right. So did a whole, whole run of it and then asked people for the feedback, processed, you know, the feedback. And a lot of people, a lot of things people said, I said, that's great feedback, but I'm not going to do anything with it because I, I'm choosing. Sure. To be the, this way. You know, you don't have to, if people tell you they don't like it, it doesn't mean you have to change it. It means you have to, you have to listen and say, yes. I'm, I'm consciously deciding I'm not going to do it that way. So yeah, that's what we did. And then two months later, we launched the real thing with all the changes. So. And that's, a that's a great point that you're still the executive. You still get to call all the shots and knowing how people use your product or your service or what they interpret. It's really great. Great to know. And then you can decide, I, this makes sense and I'm going to change or I'm going for it. And that's what makes us special and different. And that's why I did this this way. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, so Jody, I really want to talk about this word momentum because it's really powerful. And I think maybe you're not even seeing how good of a word it is. And so, you know, you have in your program and in your book, I think it's the same, the five stages of momentum. Yes. And, um, I, I want to talk about that, but but uh, let's, there's a specific thing that I think is really useful here. And, you know, in the introduction, I was talking about how I, I love this idea of people, I, I feel like people want momentum. They don't want productivity or they don't, you know, you, know, you don't wake up in the morning and, and say, oh, I really, you know, want to be productive today. You mm-hmm. feel that momentum is a feeling. And so I, I, I really think that there's something to that. But Chase Jarvis says this thing, he, he really hones in his interviews about, asking people how they got from zero to one. Objects in, in motion tend to stay in motion. Objects at rest tend to stay at rest. So I think there's a real powerful thing that happens when you get yourself from zero to one, whether that is regarding your health and getting off the sofa and on a treadmill, whether that is taking your creative projects and actually you know, getting something on that canvas, whether that's starting a side hustle, whether that's showing up differently in your job, there's a lot of opportunities in life to get momentum. So tell me about, you can tell us the five stages if, that, if that's helpful to start there, to kind of lay that out. But then like what is zero to one in your mind with getting momentum? Well, let me share, and I, I totally agree. I love the word momentum because it doesn't mean completed. It doesn't mean finished. It doesn't mean executed. I hate that word, executed. I always think of like, Medieval times yeah. and chopping off your head. I don't want to that's execute exactly a plan. Right. Yeah, you know, that so, sounds bloody. And <laughs> it sounds awful, right? <laughs> <laughs> and 
I think the energy and the imagery of words is very important. And I actually think momentum is a very feminine word because it's, first of all, it's got mom right in the middle of, you know, in the beginning of it. But it, it's. Oh, just, I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah. That. And like you said, it's different than productivity, which sounds very linear and structured and on course. Momentum can be a little messy, <laughs> can be a little more organic and fluid, and it's a motion and a movement. That's what I really like about the, the word momentum. That's how I see it. And the word came about because we did a leadership program that's, that was a month long and was called Achieve Your Next. And this was about four and a half years ago. And at the end of the four weeks, and I mean, it was super intense. It was every day there was homework, something to read, watch, listen to, write up, turn in. It was awesome. But at the end, people were like, okay, you got to space this out over the, you know, couple months or a year. And what I, my biggest takeaway is, I feel like I've gotten momentum on things that were stuck in my life for years, or I'm afraid of losing the momentum because I did so much in service of this. I, I want it to keep going. And so that's actually how we named our program, Get Momentum Leadership Academy. And it's a monthly program that we take on a leadership and business skill and help people with implementing it into their life in a natural, fluid way. And it's been amazing to hear people say, you know, I'm a little, I'm more productive at work, but the real benefit is I'm home in time for dinner or I'm finally getting to the gym and I'm not like so spent and exhausted that I can't even work out. Or, you know, I've taken on cooking and I've always wanted to do something, you know, nice and healthy for myself, but I never had the energy or the bandwidth at the end of a long day. So what I love about it and again, like you said, it's not about being more productive for productivity's sake. It's about that quality of life and the essence of why we're doing what we do. And that's for those important moments, that, that whole reason of being. And that's, that's what this is about. And that's what gets me really excited. I love to hear what projects people are working on or what they're stuck on because stuckness is just all about energy and where are we putting our energy and how do we let that energy flow in a more supportive way. So do you think you're, the key to, to success in that is, is you breaking it down into those focus areas, those themes, that targeted sure. effort? Yeah, so we, we created five stages of momentum because we saw some universal themes with the members, right? So you don't have to make it up on your own. And I'll just go over these really quickly. The first one is motivation. Oh, and they all start with M just because that's a thing. When you write a book, everything's got to have some outside <laughs> together. So motivation and the real question there is what do you want to be known for? What filter do you push everything through? What do you say yes to? What do you say no to? A lot of people have trouble with that because they don't have criteria. And as soon as you get super clear about what you want to be known for, it makes it easier to make choices. It makes it easier to say no. It makes it easier to ask for things that you might never have thought you had the, the courage or the bandwidth to ask for. And some people get a little scared of that question. It's like the legacy question, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the dash in between your birth and your death. <laughs> I think that's very intimidating. I think you are allowed to change what you would like to be known for from week to week or quarter to quarter or year to year. Some people take on a theme of the year. I think that's fun. I think there's no wrong way to do it as long as you can ask yourself, 
Actually, and some, some tips and some help for that are to put a time frame around it and a role. So what do you want to be known for in the next six months, six months in your job position? What do you want to be known for in the next month as your role in your family? You know, can you put some parameters around it to make it less ethereal, less, you know, legacy with the big L and make it very grounded and practical? I'm the kind of person who gets home in time for dinner. I'm the kind of person who walks before I go to work so that I get a little exercise in. You know, like really, I'm all about practical and doable. And anyway, creating those little steps and and the criteria so that you know why you're doing things. And the second stage is mentors. And I know, Andy, you and I have found this to be so important in our lives and in our careers and business growth is that you don't have to do it alone. And I'll say, and maybe it's universal, but I'll say for women, a lot of women I know, we're sometimes intimidated to ask for help or ask questions before we know what we're doing. <laughs> and and that can be really hard when we put that constraint, because a lot of times what we need is someone to help clarify what our purpose is and what kind of support we need. But at reaching out and and I talk about mentors with like a little M. Again, sometimes mentors can seem, uh, what's the word, like very structured or like this is an older person of significant stature and I don't want to waste their time. Yeah, okay, that's one version of a mentor. For me, I find it's anybody who cares for me deeply and can see a bigger picture of me, the bigger version and future version of Jody. And can help guide me by asking me interesting questions that I might not have the bandwidth to ask myself. Do you have any yeah. experience with having a mentor that like actually cares about you, Andy? Well, well, I had a tea mentor. I, you know, I didn't know how to make tea when I started. Uh-huh. <laughs> like uh, there are schools actually. There, there are programs for that. Now that I know, but I had to get a mentor for that. But to me, I think. The power of mentorship is very simple. You identify a need that you have for a specific kind of knowledge in someone who has that. And then you ask them for to sit down for a cup of tea. And you, with the intention, of course, you have to say, like, you know, I'd love to talk to you about this concept. Could you mentor me? Like, you know, two hours, you know, a cup of tea. Or, you know, maybe it's your neighbor who is really good at hosting parties or something. Mm-hmm. And you could say, hey, can we, you know, I would love to go for a walk around the neighborhood tomorrow night. Are you free? I'd love to talk to you about, you know, I've had this party coming up and you're so good at this thing. You know, can you help me? Yeah. People, people I, I've talked about this in our, our newsletter recently. People want to help. People, yeah. We are, we are wired in our animal brains to help out, help people. So yeah. give people opportunities for that. Like you, when, like you mentioned, if you can ask specifically for the kind of help you need, just like the kind of feedback you're looking for, that's really helpful. If you can set a timeline, we have a mentor in New York City that was running an international bank, and she's, you know, the CEO of a global thing. So she, we would get 15 minutes with her. And we would, we did it five times in one year. Whenever we would go to visit for work, we would get 15 minutes with this person. And we were super respectful of her time. And then during the time between our visits, we would send her updates like this. I, you recommended we read this book. You recommended I work on this description of our product. You recommended I reach out to this person, you know, and I, we would give her 
an update because that's the other part of mentoring is letting people know what you do with their support, what you do with their advice. Because a lot of times people who have been menteed never close that feedback loop and Mentors want to know. They, Like you said, they want to help, and then they also want to know that what they said meant something and contributed in some way to what you're doing. So that's- Yeah, and this is like a life lesson. I mean, this is something I talk about, and this is just another angle to it. People want to help, and you need to ask for help. You need to be open to receiving help. It could yeah. be – let's use an even simpler example. Let's say, you know, you, you – have knee surgery and you can't mow the lawn or you have a hard time cooking, you will get people who know what's going on saying, how can I help? What can I do? Can you make me soup, Jody? Can you find someone to mow the lawn? Can someone take the garbage bins down? It will happen. And those people will be so happy. And then all you need to do, close the loop. Thank you. Thank you, postcard. Thank you, no fake people muffins. I don't know. But this is just being a good human, and I feel like it's something that we're really bad at, mostly because people have a hard time accepting help and asking for it. So Yes. So and identify those mentors and ask. Yeah. Yes. Usually people say, oh, let me know if I can help. Like, So, yes, yeah. someone went to the grocery store, here's some money in a list, you know, all those things. I need trash goes out on Tuesday, like super specific, super clear, and then people can opt in or out. I mean, that's a really important part is clarifying the need you want and and would like to have. So important. And so many people, like you said, would be happy to pick up the dog poop and take out the garbage cans. And it seems like such a big thing. But that's what they can contribute, and that's what they would love to do to support you. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, I, I derailed your stages. So, I think. Okay. So, one was momentum. What do you want to be known for? Two is mentors. Who can assist you? Number three is milestones. And really what that's about is taking those big, long-term, crazy ideas and projects and making them into little tiny steps. Because, again, coming back to this word momentum, there's something about completion that helps push you forward a little bit and a little bit. Having, you know, writing a book, that's a big, long-term, crazy thing. But first, like, okay, title, cover art, an outline, ideas, what's the influence, you know, what do we hope to achieve with this? How do you break it down into little tiny steps that have deadlines that can push you through to the next one? And in the book, we talk about creating 30, 60, and 90-day completion goals. And that's really just a structure to give you something to start with because a lot of people put things off because it's too big. You can't write a book in a sitting, right? It's going to take time. You're going to change. Things are going to happen along the way. But if you have these little tiny completable projects along the way, Other people can give you feedback. You can test it. You know, there's so many ways of improving along the way and getting, you know, I'll tell you, telling people, oh, I'm writing a book, there's a lot of energy there. And I know some, there's differing advice of not sharing a goal that's complete and then letting people know. I'm of the camp of letting people know because out of my own integrity, I cannot not do what I say. 
if I say I'm doing it, I'm going to do it and I'll stay up late and I'll work on weekends. And, you know, that was my commitment to get this done. And then you can invite those people in for your, your milestone celebrations. Yeah. Yeah. How did you celebrate launching a book or finishing a book? I'm curious. (laughs) Well, the big joke was Jason wrote the book and I deleted it. So this is his, <laughs> this is his fourth book and this is my first book. So we co-wrote this one together and he's prolific. And, you know, if you give him a mic, he can talk all day long. I, I like 30 to 60 minute keynote presentations. That's my bandwidth. And so we're that way in writing as well. And my hope and goal was that it would be a very concise, practical, easy to apply afternoon read. This is, I think it's 150 pages, 125 pages, and it's got 24 activities. And those are downloadable. I'll send you the link for that so that people can download the activities no matter what. And the first two chapters are available for free as well. And so I just want to help and support people as much as I can going forward. And and I hope that these activities will help hold people's hands along the way so that they can build that momentum. But how did we celebrate? I don't know. We went on a five-city book tour. We we went to Boston and a couple, Santa Barbara and down to San Diego and out, you know, mostly Southern California. And that was fun. Oh, we had the window in Barnes & Noble on Fifth Avenue in New York City. So we had a little meetup out there and we took some photos and that was fun, actually. And I hope you took a break, too. I mean, that's a lot of work, so. No break. <laughs> no not. rest. No. no rest for the wicked. <laughs> okay, so we got two more stages to go. Okay, so then monitor. you got to check what you're doing. What gets measured gets improved. And the last one is modify, which just means small changes. And that's really key. I like that one. Instead of shifting from one project to another, it's like, what's one thing you can modify to see if it changes the results, if it changes the feedback you get. And so there's some really specific instructions in the book to help you along that way. But that's that's my favorite one because people love change. You know, it feels very productive, like, oh, we need a new website. Oh, we need to totally redo the whole branding or, you know, it's a busyness is its own reward in a lot of ways, but it's not always appropriate or necessary. So fine tuning and, you know, tracking what your, what the key indicators are is really important to make sure that you're changing the right things. Yeah. You know, I had a funny experience with this. I I just went on an extended vacation and and I'm like, just owning a business that's growing so fast. You know, I only get like two vacations a year, which is fine. I'm not complaining. But I came back and I was really burnt out. Like I had all these things in my life that I was just like, oh, like I'm so burnt out on that. Like, oh, which is really funny. And I think it was, I've, I've had a couple days to sit with it. I think it was just, you know, you kind of get into routine ruts and going on vacation. I came back and I realized like, what a rut. Like why, you know, like I've had enough of that. Let's change that up. And there's small yeah. things like the, and they may seem silly, but, you know, like, they they take away energy. So, like, one of my Pilates, the Pilates class that I go to, I was like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm, like, so tired of that. Like, I really, there's so many other classes they offer. It's not as if it's going to be difficult to change it. But it's, you know, something I go to every week. So now I have this one thing every week that I don't look forward to. Well, that's oh, not helpful. Not crazy. <laughs> that, that's not helpful. And the problem is, is you may say, well, that's just such a silly thing. 
but people, and I'm the same way, you have like five or six of those things, and all of a sudden that's a huge energy drag oh, on yeah. your reading. And then you're like, well, Jody, like I can't really get momentum on this thing that's really important to me. It's like, well, because you're probably subconsciously worried about, oh, I hate that Pilates class, and I hate, you know, doing that, and this is really annoying me, and I don't like that meeting. So no wonder you're not, you, you know how many wind under your sail. Right. So I like modify for sure because it's a great opportunity to say, okay, like what, now that I have momentum in one area of my life, what's kind of showing up for me that needs a little bit of work? Like what needs to be fed into the stages again? Absolutely. And we actually had one member who told us she had a global call with her team and she wasn't very high on the totem pole in her office and it was some crazy time like four in the morning her time zone you know and there's people in europe and asia and australia and so you know there's never a good time for everybody but for years and i mean i think she said it was like six or seven years she had been doing this 4 a.m call and dreaded it you know it was the bane of her existence and well i would do <laughs> right like 4 a.m not my peak time like that is not jody at her smartest i promise i don't care how much coffee or tea i've had this is not going to be my best idea time and she just never felt empowered or authorized to ask you know for a change and then one day we, we were talking about like what could it look like and you know could we draft some scripts of what she could be asking for and just so her manager knew that it wasn't you know business as usual and that sort of thing and she said she she finally made the date and i can appreciate this because asking for a raise or asking for something at work it, it can be really intimidating and it, and it brings up all that negative self-talk and self-worth and you know those are all juicy places to really work through because what we resist we keep getting more of right and finally one day she asked could we possibly change it to 8 a.m my time and you know maybe it's every every other month or you know she she kind of started couching it and all these things and the manager's like, oh, yeah, we could do that. And it was so flipped. And, like, by the way, in, like, for six years, she had been struggling. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, where do we do that? Where else in our lives do we do that? Where we play small or we don't ask for what we want or we just think, oh, that's too much to ask. You know, it's like, oh, no, maybe maybe it's not too much to ask. And maybe it's it's a chance for you to shine and really stand in your power and do all those things and get momentum on your work because an 8 a.m. call is a lot different than a 4 a.m. call, I promise. It reminds me of a quote, which I don't know who the author is, so I apologize, but it's a very simple quote. We we get what we tolerate. Yeah. That actually might be a Tony Robbins quote. Might be. I could see, yeah, I could see him saying that. Yeah, I love Tony. <laughs> so, Jody, thank you for going through those stages. I wanted to mention for folks listening, if you're if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever on the internet you are, if you go to plumdeluxe.com and then click on the blog podcast tab, you can find Jody's episode and then grab links to the activities worksheet, how to get the free chapters, and then I also think it would be interesting. If you are not on our newsletter list, if you sign up for that, you actually get a worksheet as well, a one-pager about making moments that matter. If you're already on our list, just as a reminder to go back and look at that. But uh, I think that comparing the two would be interesting because I feel like the way that we break down moments that matter in that worksheet is 
very complementary to this idea of stages of momentum. So just Absolutely. put that out there. Put that yeah. out there. So you are you have this massive tool belt. So let's keep let's keep going on the tools. So one tool you talk about a lot is the thirty thirty tool. So tell tell us about thirty thirty and how it can help us in our quest of making moments that matter and okay. rocking a good life. <laughs> so everybody knows we should be working on things that are important, not urgent. These things like taking care of ourselves physically, building relationships that matter, working on that life's work that we're really put here to do. And what people tell us is, I just don't have the time, right? Time is a big factor in our lives, and everybody's very busy, and I hear you. So we came up with the 30-30 rule, and what that means is, for 30 minutes a day, you work on something that's 30 days away. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but <laughs> it's an investment in your long-term planning. And what it does is it, it starts and it builds momentum on things that are already on your calendar probably. And we've all had that where we look at our calendar and it, we have that OS moment about like, uh-oh, Something's due tomorrow, and uh oh, you know, I didn't get a card, a birthday card in the mail <laughs> to my family. Moment. Right, that? I'm just laughing at the OS moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for keeping it clean. <laughs> <laughs> Doing my best. Cleaning it up. We've all had it, and my thing is things on my calendar shouldn't surprise me. Those are things that I've already agreed to. There's plenty in life that is going to shock the heck out of me. And and I won't have seen them coming. So the best I can do is at least have a mindset of what I've already agreed to in my world and start them on the way. And so little silly examples. So look out a month from today and see if you have any trips, any birthdays. I always find it's easier to work on personal items when I'm practicing a new skill before I try and apply it to work. But if you have any work things like conferences, meetings, business trips, those type of reports that are due, that kind of thing. That's good, too. And the, the question you ask is, what will I wish I had started sooner, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've all been up too late. It's like, wow, if I had started this last week, it would have been so much easier on my life. And so, you know, making hotel reservations, flights, car rental reservations, all that. So simple to do in the off time. Getting birthday cards and greeting cards and all that stamped, addressed, and ready to go so that those are available and on hand and you're not just sending a birthday email. Whenever I see birthday emails, like, oh, that's almost a real wishy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's almost a real birthday card, but. It's not. We don't get mail very much anymore. And writing, you know, taking a couple of moments to write something sincere and endearing and authentic for the people we love and the people who are important in our life, that, that's meaningful. And if you've seen anybody's office lately or their home, people keep cards. They're, like, they're so rare these days to get actual mail that those things stick around for a long time because people... Yeah, I have, I have four with an eye shot right here. Yeah. If only we could, we had... A video feed, but we don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a warm and fuzzy. Every time you look at it, you think of that person. Like, oh, wasn't that kind? And oh, this is so funny. They know me so well. They totally get my humor. It's like all those things. It's so important. 
So you're going to work for 30 minutes on something, and maybe that means delegating, learning to delegate. I know a lot of people in business don't delegate because they try and do it at the last minute. Now they're rushed trying to teach somebody a new thing, and they just eventually say, oh, I'll just do it myself, right? And I'm guilty of that as well. But taking the time to say, wow, you know, I'd like to be able to train my assistant to manage the meeting and all the logistics. Let's start now, build a checklist. Let's go over things, build in some safety nets, you know, where she'll check in and and show me what she's worked on or whatever that is. That's hard to do the day before, right? There's not enough trust and and support built in to help people succeed. So that 30-30 rule and people are telling us that they're getting to things. They're doing a better job. It's it's a more complete experience. They don't feel as rushed. They actually have time to think. And those are the things that people really value and want more of is, is that, like, this is a better version of me now that I've started looking at things earlier. And, you know, your kid's still going to come home. Not your kid, Andy, but or mine. But kids are still <laughs> going to come home and say, hey, I have a science project due tomorrow. Or a client could call and say, hey, I have to have this thing by Friday. You know, that's the world we live in. And my thinking is, how do I be best prepared for those kinds of unforeseen surprises and just letting me handle the agreements I've already placed in the world? Well, if, you've already, if you're already on top of things, then yeah. you have space to deal with the unexpected. And and I'll just give you a couple of hints because here was my pushback when Jason first started working with me on this is number one is like, I need to catch up. Like I want to do this week and the next week and the week forward. And I'm like, nope, won't work. You will never get ahead. <laughs> There's just this snowfall and avalanche and you'll still get through your emails and you'll still do all the stuff today to put out the emergencies and be on the treadmill. So looking out a month know that it's an investment and by the time a month goes on you will start to really feel the benefits the rewards reap the all of the what do they call that like compound interest right in banking that's what they call yeah. that it's more than just the money you put in it it builds while you're not looking so that's why this tool is so valuable and if you can teach it to the people you work with all of a sudden you may find like all those things that get bottlenecked in the office and then, you know, there's a big crush of like Friday afternoon, everybody's crazy and stressed and whatever, because that thing that everybody was waiting for was just sitting in somebody's inbox that's on vacation or, you know, all those things that tend to happen. It's like, oh no, let's, let's keep the ball rolling. And again, it's all about the momentum that you can build. And then there's like an ease to momentum. You know, it's so fluid and things are flowing. It's all good. Well, and I think it really illustrates the thing that we overlook is is that most things that we need to accomplish have a lot of steps. So when I was when we were talking, I was thinking about, and I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm lucky in the fact that I my my main business is a subscription. We Mm -hmm. have to run ahead of schedule. You know, we have to buy things a month ahead because they have to be prepared. We have to have, you know, number sure. count. We have to do a lot of things to hit our shipping date every month. So I actually do work that way just because I have to. I actually probably work like 30, 60, or 60, 60, something like that. Anyway, yeah. but I was thinking like personally, like my personal life, I definitely don't do that. And I was thinking of some examples of how that could have been better. A great one is planning like dinner parties further out mm-hmm. because then it's easier to get the time that works for everyone. Yeah. And the other one, and I know these seem silly, but they're just like, this is like, 
the stuff we have to deal with all the time, right? The other one is like house repairs. Yeah. And you have to you have to decide you're gonna something is gonna be repaired. And then you have to decide who you want to get quotes from. And then you have to book the time for them to come and look, which is mm-hmm. the worst. <laughs> you and I work at home. So it's still the worst. And then you have to decide who you want and then book them for the work and then deal mm-hmm. with the work. Yeah. Like so many things can be a lot easier if they're done a little further away. Because then it's not like having to, for example, rush and pick a contractor because it's going to start snowing soon and your roof's going to collapse or whatever. Right. And as long as the plumber's coming to the house, he might as well work on the sink and the toilet and the shower and the faucet and, you know, like what else? What else could we be fixing in this visit to make the most of it to really Mm -hmm. handle it? Let's not have to deal with it four times a year. Let's handle it once and be done with it. Move on. Yeah. And if you're not in the rush, you can think you can have the time to think about that. Yeah. Fantastic. So, okay. That great tool. I I guess I've like this. Swiss Army knife of momentum. It's awesome. So, <laughs> I love so, you, <laughs> so here's another visual. So I was listening to one of your videos about get momentum. And uh-huh. you were talking about animals. Did you, yeah. did you actually study animal behavior during this book? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have a master's in applied psychology, and we did a lot on behavioral training. Skinner was all about behavioral feedback, positive and negative feedback. And, you know, there's some really fun books out there. One is called Don't Shoot the Dog, and it's by a woman who was started off by training dolphins. And there's no way to negative reinforce dolphins with the result that you want. You have to find ways to positive positively reward them to get them to do the behaviors you want. And it doesn't matter if you're training a dolphin or your husband or your customers. It's all (laughs) the same concept. (laughs) Really? So say that again. I think that's really important. You can't... Negatively reinforce a dolphin to get the behavior you want. So, for example, like at SeaWorld, they train the dolphins to jump through the hoop that's 20 feet off the water, right? You've seen that before, either in movies or in life. That didn't, that's, that's a somewhat natural behavior. Dolphins jump, but they don't necessarily, if you hold a hula hoop up, you know, naturally. Yeah, they don't know what, they don't know what that is. <laughs> so, so they started with putting like a broom or a stick at the bottom of the pool. And when the dolphin went over it specifically, they would reward it with a fish. And then the dolphin would swim around somewhere else and not get a fish. And then, Pretty soon, they have that Helen Keller moment, like, oh, stick going over means reward, I get a fish. So then they raise it up to maybe the middle of the pool. And when the dolphin goes under the stick, no fish. When the dolphin goes over the stick, they get fish. So then you can imagine, you then raise it up to the top of the pool, so it's sitting on the surface. And the dolphin's going crazy swimming under the stick, no fish. And then one time it accidentally or just by fluke just swims over the stick and it gets a fish. So you're connecting all these dots, these little tiny. You're not asking it to jump through the hoop the first time. And imagine you've probably all done this of trying to ask an intern or a new hire, you know, to jump through the hoop on the first day. It's like, oh, I don't know if they're going to make it here. They don't seem very bright. They don't seem to get our culture. It's like, no, no, baby steps. Start connecting dots for them. This is how we do things around here. So then eventually you raise the stick or you raise the hoop up and up and up, 
And now all of a sudden the dolphin is jumping 20, 25 feet through the air, through a little hoop, and as the crowd goes wild. And it's all based on that positive reinforcement along the way. So it's the same for getting kids to take out the trash, clean their room. You've probably, if this is a thing in your world, you've probably asked, how many times have you asked for somebody to take out the trash in the house, right? And it's it's not about just pure repetition. If it were, teenagers would be very highly trained animals. And they don't tend to be, as far as I can tell. So it's all about learning to reward the behaviors you want. And that's a big part of it. And there's some great books out there. So Don't Shoot the Dog is is probably like the book on that. And there's another one called, I'm looking at my bookshelf actually right now, and it's something like What Shamu Taught Me About Training My Husband. And it's a hysterical read, super fun. I'll make sure to get you the exact title. But again, it's all about this behavioral science of training people. And you can call it manipulation, but we're manipulating people all the time without knowing it. And we're reinforcing behaviors we do not want. You know, if you ever answered the phone from a client on a Saturday afternoon when that's not your normal business hours, you have reinforced a behavior you probably don't want, right? You want to train them to call during business hours and, you know, let them know that you're not available 24-7 if you're not. Or a good example I hear all the time is, you know, I volunteer in my neighborhood association and everybody gives me all the work to do. Absolutely, I would too. Because you're You're very confident and you do what you're going to do. Yeah. So if you keep saying yes, of course they're going to keep giving yes. (laughs) That's really fascinating. Yeah. So I have this thing, I call it no pop quizzes, and it's all about catching people doing something right. So like I mentioned in the beginning of this, I work with my husband. We have been together for over 23 years. We've been in business for 10, and we just wrote this book together. And so I, there's not a lot of uh, boundaries between work time and personal time. We just have a blended life, and that's what we've agreed to. And that said, if we're out at a beautiful dinner or if we're walking on the beach, this is not the time to ask me what the business checking account balance is or if I got those papers signed and off to the client to meet a deadline. Because number one, I don't have that information in my head, and so I'm probably going to make up an answer, which isn't going to be completely accurate. And that's not what I want to be known for. You know, so there's this desire to perform and and have all the answers, and then there's this desire to be right and accurate, which is also really important. So we have this rule that there's no pop quizzes. So when we find ourselves in places where I'm not in front of my computer or I don't have access to the information, He's welcome to say, I need a moment. I'm going to send myself a note. And he can text message or uh, dictate something to put it into our to-do system. You know, we have a, a process that we email each other all the tactical and administrative things so that we can enjoy walks on the beach together and talk about things like our family and what we want to do on a trip or what what we're reading these days and what makes us happy. Because it's so important to build in that quality of life conversations because otherwise everything becomes did you why didn't you when are you going to who's going to do that right and that that's a hard way to have a relationship whether it's with a spouse or a family member or or even a business team there's got to be time for the building of relationships so that there's there's a foundation there for when things do go weird and things go weird so it's good to have an understanding and appreciation of the other people before you need it yeah, 
I think that's why so many of us have to-do lists on the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, put that, you know, like, we're having dinner. Go put that on the to-do list and then let's have yeah. dinner. You know, yeah. argue or, <laughs> you know, decide about house repairs. So, um, and one so way. I, I'm so fascinated with this idea of, first of all, I, I, I'm forgetting that dogs and dolphins and human beings are all mammals. I find that just kind of weird. But, <laughs> Yeah, only positive. You're so cute and urban. (laughs) (laughs) But then, yeah, that's only positive behavior. I mean, we can also apply that to ourselves. You know, like if you are trying to eat better, Mm -hmm. you know, it sounds to me like positive reinforcement of good eating behavior is what we want to, we want. Like celebrating positively going to the gym every day for 30 minutes versus. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what you would do, but I guess, you know, not treating yourself poorly if you didn't go. Right. Well, for me, it's about well. not having bad things that I don't want to be eating in the house. So that's that's my version of that. Like the positive reinforcement is it's so much easier for me to not have to decide to eat cookies or ice cream if I just don't have cookies and ice cream <laughs> in the house. Right. <laughs> that was actually one of the things that Jason and I worked on as a couple because he was traveling so much and I was working from home, he would come home from a trip and buy chips and cookies and ice cream and all these fabulous things. And he's the kind of person that can have like a tablespoon of ice cream and then walk away. And for me, I can hear that bucket of ice cream screaming my name from the next room. Like I just know that there's a lot of Jody coming at me. And I wish I could turn it off. And people who are in one camp or the other totally don't understand the other. He's like, well, why don't you just use your willpower? Like, why don't you just take this away from me? Like, just I, I'm so good if it's not here. And if I have to decide every day not to eat that ice cream, it's so much effort as opposed to just not having it, not seeing it. And like, oh, look at these beautiful berries. Look at this beautiful salad with all these gorgeous ingredients in it. You know, that I'm good. I make good choices when I set myself up to win. And I think we've all been at the buffet of life. And and when there's things that I don't want, I just remove them from my options. I'll have to link in the show notes to an article on our blog. It's in the archives. I'll have to go and find it. This is these two types of people. You you might uh be an abstainer or a moderator. Yeah. So Jason is a moderator with ice cream. He can have a little bit and then leave. And you and I are abstainers. We cannot be around it or we can't stop. And yeah. that's actually something that could be different in different parts of your life. So you you might be a moderator with food or even one type of food and then abstainer. You need to abstain from other things. Or it could be any, you know, any kind of repetitive behavior. So that's a, And what I take away from that is it's so good to know yourself and know the people around you that you share space, whether that's office or home and wherever you are. And not to make the other person wrong, not to make yourself wrong. It's just an interesting way we're all wired. And how do I set myself up to succeed? It's so important. The pop quizzes thing, like how do we set ourselves up to enjoy the moments and let people be accurate and work where they have the ability to work, you know, and that may translate for you if you work in an office in a big company, you know, seeing somebody in the hallway and not doing that drive-by like, hey, did you do this thing that was due to da 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 You know, and then the person just feels like wrecked, where it's like, I was just standing in the hallway and I got all this dumped on me. So 
Instead, you know, maybe an option is walking by somebody in the hallway and it's like, wow, it's really good to see you. How was your weekend? Or, you know, I noticed you were doing a race this weekend. How did you, how did it go? You know, somehow connecting on that personal level so that you actually build relationship and get to know people and what's important. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I think you've landed, landed us right perfectly for the last question that I ask all of my guests. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Jody, what does it mean to you when I say the words, creating moments that matter? I love this because this is the reason we're here. One of the quotes that I saw recently that really struck me and has just been the filter that I push everything through these days is, the problem is you think you have time. And that I made a list of things, of moments that matter in my life, and it was things like, holding my mom's hand as we take a walk, going to coffee with friends and laughing, petting dogs in that spot that makes their leg dance up and down, (laughs) walking in the morning when it's cool and quiet in my neighborhood. And I'll tell you, it's like, these are the things that make my life worth living. And it's not big fancy trips to vacation spots. And it's not you know, luxury items. It's these moments where I get to connect with people that I care for and do the work that I am put here to do, that those are the moments that matter. And I think by spending a little time with that, and I hope all of your listeners, I bet your listeners are the kinds of people that do that too, that they make their own list of what are my moments that matter and how do I check in and make sure I'm doing them often enough. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it's all about. That's why we're here. That's- Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Andy, so thank you so much for putting that question together for me and for all your audience, because it's that's the big work. That's really the life work that we're all here to do is figure out that kind of question. You're welcome. And thank you for showing us how to get some momentum around all of those things that come around making moments matter. So I really appreciate it. Jody, we'll have links to your book and some of the articles and the resources that we talked about during the show. There's a great article about the 3030 tool, for example, that I'll make sure to put in there. But for folks listening right now who just cannot wait to find those show notes, what's the best place to find you on the interweb? Getmomentum.com. That's where I live. That's where I love. That's where I get to do the work that I do in the world. And uh, absolutely would love to check in and hear what you're working on. Awesome. Jody, thank you so much. And folks, thank you for listening to this episode about getting momentum, not just productivity. I really hope you found this particular aspect of making moments that matter really interesting. I know my teacup is empty and my mind is full of ideas and ways I can live a better life. So thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on the next episode of Plum Deluxe Time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Love trying new teas? Treat yourself to a Plum Deluxe Tea of the Month subscription. For only $10 a month, you'll receive a hand-blended, all-organic, loose-leaf tea, thoughtfully chosen for the season. Tea Club members also enjoy special benefits like discounts, free shipping on all purchases, and access to our very loving and supporting tea community. A tea subscription also makes a fantastic gift. Visit plumdeluxe.com slash tea and join us.
Did you enjoy this episode of Plum Deluxe Tea Time? Be sure to visit plumdeluxe.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Blend, so you don't miss a future episode. Then tell a friend about Plum Deluxe and our supportive community. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find us. Thank you for listening. You are wonderful. Wonderful.